to Innovating Humanity, the official podcast for Birmingham Tech. I'm Jude Jennison, the host of this podcast, and I'm the founder of Leaders by Nature, a leadership and team development company. I work with senior leadership teams to help them align through behavioural change. In this podcast, we'll be exploring the intersection between technology, humanity and leadership and looking at how we use technology to be more human and increase emotional connection and enhance the way that we live and work. I'll be interviewing leaders from technology businesses who are at the forefront of changing how we live and work. You will not want to miss this. Some of the conversations have been enlightening and inspiring, and I hope you enjoy them as much as I have done. Bonsata Karang is the founder of VR Revival, a company helping underrepresented adults, particularly from the Black and Caribbean communities, to manage their mental health using self-compassion virtual reality technology, as well as psychology and storytelling. Mansata and I discussed the stigma of mental health in black communities and how using technology can make it easier to start the conversation and educate people in self-compassion. Have a listen. Hi Mansata, thank you for joining me today. Can you tell us who you are and what you do please? Sure, thank you, Jude. It's a pleasure to be here. Um, so my name is Mansata Kurang. I'm mainly known as being founder of VR Revival. And we are an early stage health tech startup and we use virtual reality to help underrepresented adults in mental health. Um, I'm also an immersive compassion coach. So this is my little side hustle I do. So I'm really getting into coaching. I love personal development and really leveraging the tools we're building. And this is where I'm really excited about this because it's where the human comes in, where we can actually be live with people, but also interact with technology. Um, I do several other things as well. I'm a mentor. I, I, I love volunteering, uh, but yeah, basically I'm a creative technologist in a nutshell. Wonderful. So tell, tell me like, why technology? What, what drew you to uh, a career in technology? So something I fell into really, it's not, I didn't anticipate it at all. Um, so I was headed towards a life of academia. So got offers from <laughs> several different universities, Birkbeck, UCL, Oxford. Um, but then I just decided, um, you know, I felt I was meant for more rather than spending three to four years uh, behind the desk. I actually attended a hackathon and that's where I learned about virtual reality. And it sort of just opened my mind up to the possibilities. So I just thought, do I want to spend three to four years behind the desk doing research or do I actually want to go out there and change the world now? So that's that's where I got the exposure because it's the power of technology to scale. Um, so my background, I come from West Africa and it's really, I know that several people don't have access because we work within the mental health industry. Um, I know the human connection isn't there. There aren't many uh, psychologists or neuroscientists um, out there. So for me, it was thinking, back to where I came from how do we reach those people and I saw technology as the leverage for that and that's how I got into it. Wow fantastic so tell me tell me a bit about how it works like how do you bring together virtual reality and mental health because we we hear a lot about gaming is really damaging for our mental health so it's unusual that you've brought the two together in a positive way so tell me more about that. 
Absolutely. So, I, so I'll probably get a little bit philosophical about this because um, I feel in life there's always balance. So whatever there is, there will be good and bad. So I'd say we're almost the squad team that are balancing the good from <laughs> with the bad. So you know, games or gaming is here. It's a big industry. It's here to stay. So rather than focusing on that and negativity, we're thinking, okay, let's create a whole new immersive industry where we can actually use technology for good so if these are being you know causing more mental health issues rather than say stop it which will never happen why don't we counter it and find a balance where okay say one hour they've been gaming and another hour they can do a meditative exercise to almost counter it so it's almost like how it came together is um this new uh, immersive industry that's coming out um with uh, nesta the uk innovation foundation uh, story features as well the national center for immersive storytelling um so we're combining storytelling uh, mental health and uh, virtual reality so it we, it's a little bit more um, human in the sense that it's more interactive um but it's for good as as well um, whereas because we're getting that psychological research so that's what I've always been interested in um, all the business so before this I ran the business as well um, I've always done something that's for the greater good and uh, always use technology to leverage that just because as I mentioned the background I came from I want to make sure that it scales and reaches as many people as possible. So tell, tell me a bit about how that works then. How, do, how does, what kind of things do you do in virtual reality that are good for mental health? Yes, yes. So uh, virtual, so we focus mainly on self-compassion, um, but VR um, is really, I mean, it's almost like a distractor. So it's used now uh, the past few years. It's still quite a niche industry, but it's now being used uh, medically um, to help with um, helping with phobias and um, also chronic pain. So for instance, I'll give you examples on that. So for instance, if you have a phobia, say a fear of heights, um, so people never ever get over that. But within VR, you can actually build a simulation like you are climbing a mountain, but it's safe, you know? So you are, you are given the experience. It almost feels like you're going through that experience because it's visually, you are completely surrounded 360 so it's quite immersive it's quite realistic you're seeing your hands you're you know you're 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 seeing hearing the sound it's auditory as well so but then you know if you fall off you're on the ground you're fine and then there's someone there to reassure you and the more you do that because in order to get over your fear you actually have to experience it and then get over it so that's one of the benefits um similarly for pain distractor as well now i hear it's been used for labor pains now as well so because it 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 shuts down a certain part of the brain um and then it's almost distracts you from the part of the brain that feels the pain um so similarly with mental health what we're doing is actually using it uh using psychological research so self-compassion is an empirical uh, research through tool that's used uh, and a technique to um, help against mental illness so it's about understanding that we all suffer so what you can create in vr is actually create characters where you can actually be in the the shoes of someone else and, and it builds empathy so it's almost like empathy training because uh, for instance you know last year we saw the black Lives matters movement so what is it like to be a black woman um so you know if you grew up a white woman you might feel sympathy but to feel that empathy you have to live the life because otherwise you'll never understand. So the power of virtual reality is its ability to tell a story 
so that you can understand what it's like because you will be in that person character you can look down at your hands and you'll you'll have black hands and then you you can be in so that's one way it works um and the second way fascinating because i've i've done some deep democracy work before which which i don't know if you know much about deep democracy but deep democracy work is about exploring what is it like to take different points of view and, um, and the idea is they, they generally do it as a group. And so in the group, people will go and say, well, what's it like to be, if you're a white woman, what's it like to go and stand in the place where a black woman is standing? What does it feel like? But this is actually taking that to another level, isn't it? Is yeah. you actually really start to inhabit and embody yeah. that absolutely yeah and you're in that environment so it could say for instance it was an interview scenario they set up you know you'll get the same responses and that same level of you know whether it's aggression or like all those feelings towards you and then you get to feel what it's like and and but even more important um and prior to doing mental health i actually use this for dementia which i'm so passionate about um because you know with with dementia you they tend to recall their, their younger years and uh, most, most um, dementia patients are stuck in the care home. So one of the things I was doing was actually um, setting out scenarios. So my focus was on the, always on the Black and Caribbean community because I found um, there aren't really products catered, which is why I really wanted to be in the tech world and in the forefront to make sure that there is inclusivity. Um, so what we're doing is taking scenes from the Caribbean and Africa um, because Reminiscence doesn't work if you can't relate to the content. You can put a, a, them in a beach scene, but they wouldn't know. It's like, what's this? It, it might actually further disorientate them and confuse them. But if it's something they're familiar with, and then uh, we we, such, um, we 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 shot a scene with the BBC um, during the campaign uh, with with dementia, and it was just so beautiful to see these old people who were away from home, never been out, like they're just stuck indoors, and then they finally get to you know be up in the mountains or you know be in the Caribbean beach, and it's just so emotional. So it's those little triggers moments that are just so beautiful that you can create with VR and that's why it's so beautiful for me it's 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 yeah we can we can use tech for good wow that's fantastic and what sort of results have you had with with mental health yeah, so we uh, did uh, data testing. So we um, uh, did our user testing last year uh, and it was really great um, because it was, uh, so with self-compassion, what we do is learning to give, give compassion to a character, but then giving yourself compassion because often we find we're kinder to other people and we tend to be so self-critical of ourselves and you know there's this imposter syndrome I'm not good enough why did I do that why did I say that but when it's a friend who's going through that you're not you know so mean to them so what we're trying to do is train using self-compassion techniques by taking them through the scenario where they're giving a character that experience and then now they have to give it to themselves and it was really great and so the results that came out from that was that people felt more compassion and they actually wanted more they wanted more experiences which is which is great for us because then um, we can we can take that as feedback and then build something bigger and better um, and we're actually going to be doing more testing this year as well um through a, a testing panel uh, that story features is organizing so yeah all very exciting we got uh, really amazing results yeah fantastic and you said that you're targeting primarily black and caribbean um people is that in the uk or is that globally like 
well for now it's uk um so the thing is when we did the testing as well because we could test internally um the character isn't um so it's a star <laughs> so it's abstract um so several people tested it and everyone could relate to it um and you know whether it was white woman or black. the reason why i was uh, purposeful on, on sort of advertising it as as an app for black women is that inclusivity because if this is there's so many different mental health apps out there um but because of the stigma and cultural issues um with mental health especially in the black community it's something i really want to help tackle and one way of doing it is you know building a product by a black uh, woman especially for black women I feel this is a, a product that you know that that can represent really and and get us all on that tech journey so yeah that's why I, I, did it. I, I, I think you're absolutely right I mean it's so important isn't it that that you build it from a from a place of practical knowledge and understanding and experience um, yeah exactly that it's it's targeted specifically for an audience that you know and understand and are a part of yeah so exactly. yeah I, I totally i totally get that what what um are you you mentioned about stigma around mental health i mean there's been a lot of talk about mental health in the last few years and and i think people are slowly starting to open up and mm. and some people quicker than others is there more of a stig stigma in the black community yeah, absolutely. Yes, yes, absolutely. The the black, also the Asian community. I think um, mainly because it's not talk. It's catching up slowly. Um, so if I, for instance, take you know places like Africa, for instance, living worse there. Um, but again, it's more about more education and and knowing it's okay because there's so much um, more. So I think pride and a bit of fear shame and guilt um if say you know say oh, i'm talking to a therapist like some people just say it isn't a normal conversation oh my child phone my therapist and like that's something you wouldn't hear in the community because it's seen as there's something wrong with you and especially because you know black women face they face double the judgment not just of um the the racism but also sexism in the workplace so there's that fear that okay will i lose my job if i say i have a mental illness as well so there's all these barriers there's also obviously social economic barriers not everyone can afford to go see a therapist um, so one of the main reasons we're doing all this is you know to have something affordable portable that people can use at least as a first step to make it okay this is okay and then they'll be more open to it um, but yeah definitely there's that stigma and taboo and that's one of my main roles which is why every week we actually hold weekly calls um, for black women in mental health and that's one of my roles is to really open up the conversation so that you know because it takes that one person to be brave enough to step forward for others to open up or feel comfortable enough open up opening up because often we're looking for someone to actually do something and then you know we'll be like oh actually i go through that or given that knowledge and education oh if she's doing so well and this and she's struggling with that then then i can do it and it's okay that i'm you know i'm open about it so so that's the main purpose really it's is to open uh, open it more and yeah th there is still a bit of an issue but um with covid now it's undeniable that there will be more issues with mental health and um, it's on the rise probably one of the worst it would be and i'm so intent that we tackle it as soon as possible and that's that's what i feel for 
And you you talked about the the stigma. So how do you how do you get people to engage with the with the VR then? If there's such a stigma, how do you how do you reach people and, and engage with them? Yeah, so this is where it's exciting because it's VR and this is the same thing we found with the dementia as well. So what VR does, because it's known for gaming, we can actually gamify it and make it more fun. Um, so because of, so it's almost seen as a game rather than, you know, a medical tool, which sounds awful. Um, so because the fact that it's tech and it can be gamified, it's much more fun. People will be more open to it because um, obviously, you know, VR is still niche and, you know, the headsets to get that great interactivity and that uh, six degrees of where you can actually see the 360s move your hands and all that um it will it's quite pricey still i mean you know the quest that came out i think a few months ago sold six times as much so it shows that people are increasing the use of vr um obviously it's more complex now with covid we can actually meet and, and use unless if you have one at home um but hopefully we'll get over that phase um but so yeah there's something then that people come come to you physically come to you or, or not necessarily or something they can do at home yeah so it's something they can do at home headset to yeah do. yeah exactly so it, it is a software that's uh, what we create is just the software but the hardware is off the shelf so it's commercially available and there are cheaper versions there are the more the better quality ones are more higher priced um but we do have a lab where people can do the testing but obviously because of covid um that's not not that's not happening um but yeah ideally for now um it would be that uh, you own a headset already which most most homes kind of will or do because they do have a teenager somewhere who's into gaming <laughs> so so is your is your view then that this is something that then just becomes really normal i mean i know i know in the, you talked about there's a stigma about saying i have a therapist i know in the us most people would have a therapist and think nothing of it i think in the uk mm. that's still largely not not the norm um and there's still a, a stigma around that in in all um in all groups all populations yeah um do you think this is something that do you think that the, the vr is going to grow exponentially in the next sort of five five years or so that's going to make this more accessible because you you talked about affordability as well of the affordability of therapy versus having a a, a headset like tell tell me your thinking around that yeah yeah so it is a a one-off investment where, where the headset i mean the chief is probably like 150 pounds um so if you compare that to you know i don't know how what therapists cost um but um the, the thing is with vr yeah it is on the rise and uh, on the rise because um of uh, corporate training as well. I think a lot of people are seeing the benefits of VR. Um, it's it's been I think three point seven five times more um, effective than in classroom or talking like this. Um, so it's highly effective, and a lot of people are adapting it. Um, so especially we're looking for. Um, you know, black women in the workplace as well. So this is something that, you know, corporates can substitute um, and it can be empathy training for everyone as well. Um, so this is where there, there can be places where there can be substitutes as well. So it's something you can use in the workplace if you're feeling, you know, stressed at the moment and, the, you know, they already have all these equipments available. Um, so, yeah, yeah. The, the, I mean, the stats are in the billions, it's, it's on the rise, definitely. Mm. yeah and you mentioned with with covid where i think we're all seeing 
and, and, and experiencing it. I mean, I've certainly found I've had days where my mental health has just not, or even weeks, you know, over, over the Christmas period where I just mm. felt isolated and at home. I'm a massive extrovert, so I'm used to being with lots of people. I get my energy from that. And the period over Christmas of two weeks with just me and my husband at home was just like, oh, now what? You know, it was mm. just, and I could really feel the impact of that on my mental health of you know don't get me wrong I adore my husband but but just two <laughs> weeks of two weeks of only one person just I found yeah I found quite draining um where when it I, is, it I'm is. so used to being out and about and so I think there is there is something um, and I think we're only just beginning to tap into the edges of the impact of of covid on on mental health what yeah are, are there any differences for the for the black and Caribbean communities that you're seeing around that? In terms of um, the impact of whether COVID and the isolation and the, and the lockdowns and, and the impact. That yeah, that absolutely. I mean, it's it, the, 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 they did a research recently um, through through the government and they are worse worstly they're, they're they're the worst category imp impacted um mostly because you know um we have more frontliners um who are this category um in the BAME category and uh, more dying in that category as well um so there is quite a big concern and as i mentioned before because of the stigma probably more people this this less um less uh, people are less likely to, to go for help so if there's help out there that they can access uh, want to go through the systems um, or you know wanting or what will people say um, this can be one alternative we're just here to offer alternative solutions and just to know that you're not on your own because how you start the morning um, is so important so this is something like even if it's five minutes in the morning um, that can just set up your day no matter what you have to tackle you know if you wake up and go through the exercise and just it's in, in, in grind in your brain that, you know, I will be compassionate to myself, no matter how the day goes, I will give myself that self love, because that's so powerful, because yes, everything won't go perfect. A um, hundred, well, maybe 99 times it, it won't. So um, yeah, so it's really good to have start of your day um, on, a, on this high vibration, a good spirit. That's fantastic. And what's your what's your vision? I mean, you say you want to make a difference in the in the world through technology to the black uh, community what's your what's your vision beyond beyond what you're doing now so i'm really excited you know uh, just today the the falcon launched to its uh, star <laughs> uh, elon musk his, his spacex so uh, to give internet access uh, globally. Um, so things like that make me really, really excited um, because my vision is, like I said, it's not just for the UK because I've had, you know, I've traveled to Asia, I've traveled around Africa, I see limitations everywhere. And I really want to see products out to where it's needed the most, but where it can't be reached. So having, you know, fast, reliable internet uh, with Spacelink and um, being able to access those unreliable areas and having tools like this for people who really can't afford it. Um, it's for me, that's, that's the vision, that's the dream. I want there to be equal and fair access to healthcare. I, I feel that just should be a necessity. It shouldn't be an option for people. Um, and that really, that's what keeps me going. And yeah, I'm always on this case, like when is it launching? So I'm really glad like they launched today and the weather was great. <laughs> Fantastic, yeah. And it's, it's interesting, isn't it? Because we, we hear technology has 
um, really, really good, uh, really good advocates for it. And then there's the real, the, the kind of the downside to it where we hear about it damaging our mental health and we hear about people disconnecting because of technology. How do you, how do you make sure that as a, as a, as a business, as an entity, you're, you're always moving towards the positive side of how we, how we use it? Because I know you're passionate about that and, and so am I. And, mm. and I think some of, some of it is about the choices that we make and how we yeah. choose to use it. Absolutely. What, what else? What, how, do, how do we make sure that we're using the technology in a positive way? by being good humans and good leaders so it needs to be ingrained so for me this is why personal development is so important I invest in mentors and coaches you know the Dean Graziosis the Tony Robbins because I want to be the best version of myself and if you are that version of yourself you will always do things for good and it's just the company its people are as good as its leader and for me the vision I have for the future is I want a good future. I want a, an equal future. I want opportunities, equal opportunities for all. And um, it's really, you know, you, you never know where the future goes, like where I'm at right now. That's how I feel. Um, and I, I, I pray and I meditate and just to always be in that balance and always have that vision. And that's why it's so important to always have um, just the vision visually um, next to you. So it just needs to be like, deeply deep in your soul that's how deep it needs to go um so that it's locked in there and the only way that can happen is you know the more you expose yourself and the more you put yourself out there and just having that grounding that this is what I stand for I think as humans we all need to stand for something and I'm very very passionate about standing for um, equality and access to healthcare for everyone and I love and I love I love that and I also love that you're talking about uh, your your product is around self-compassion and I you know I always say that out outer peace and peace in the world comes from us finding our own inner peace first oh and, my goodness and it's <laughs> and I just have to because that's Martin Luther King one of his quotes yeah I actually had that two, two days ago on Martin Luther King's day yeah yeah oh my goodness absolutely yeah it, well, sorry it, go for it I just had to I, I found that to be true for myself but that Whenever I I'm I feel like I'm in conflict with anybody, I check in with where where am I coming from? If I'm coming from a place of self-compassion, and I think there's a real link here of we can only be compassionate towards others when we can have self-compassion first, because we can only truly really understand what that what that means. And and I love what you're doing about bringing that together with the use of technology to to enhance the lives of, of people in that way. I think it's just incredible. Um, what, I know, I know you're, 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 people can't see because this is a podcast, you are a black woman, you said you've come from West Africa, you're targeting the black population to create equality. What would you say to people who are uh, white people who are in the technology industry? What would you, what, what do you want them to know so that they are also paying attention to creating products that are that are inclusive. Yeah, so at, it's it's a it's a tricky one because for so long I think when you're creating a product, make sure. So for instance, my team first thing is to make sure that your team is diverse. So I'm the only uh, black woman on my team. You know, my 
Nick uh, Innes is from Portugal, a psychologist, and Nick is, is a white man who develops a, a software. Um, so it's very good to get those different perspectives. And we have advisors um, who are different races, different experiences, different backgrounds. So don't limit it to it being, because past products have had just probably all white male making decisions. And, you know, it ends up, you know, even with my phone, sometimes I have to be putting on filters because I know I'm not that dark on the phone, <laughs> you know, why have because it's not been tested on people like me. Um, so make sure that firstly, you have a diverse team who can give different inputs and then have also like um, test, test out the product on different people. So like I said, we focused on um, black women, but we tested internally as well. And it resonated with every single person. So from what an Asian uh, woman, a, a, a white lady as well, an all white, she actually cried when she went through the app with us and she felt it in her heart. So it shows our product does work for everyone but we're doing it this way just to make sure that you know it's inclusive because otherwise um again we get left behind so making sure that it's okay that you're inviting others into the group um eventually to make sure that um everyone's included um i think that's that's the only way have a have a diverse team and then ultimately the testers as well um be diverse i think that's really important isn't it i think there's two things there i think that the first is have a diverse team and then also test it with a diverse group because you know one of the things that that concerns me or has concerned me and and concerns lots of people i think is with with ai with artificial intelligence where it's programmed often by white men and, and it has that unconscious bias in it. And, and if you look at most technology that we're using today, like, like let's take Facebook as a great example. Facebook is not being used today the way that it was set up. Mm. Um, and so most technologies evolve over time and the market yeah. takes it somewhere else, doesn't it? And, and Twitter, yeah, exactly. you know, Twitter has had its own bad rap over that as well. And, yeah. And, and most technology gets a rap for something or other that often is not driven by how it was created. It's how the market mm -hmm. use it. Relax, do, yeah. do you think it's, it's to, the, to the company creating the technology or do you think all of us need to start thinking more consciously around how we use technology, how we interact so that we do have compassion and we do have peace, both inner peace and outer peace and and, and that we're, we are good human beings, as you said. Yeah, so uh, so two things. Well, well, firstly, about um, the technology being used. Uh, so yeah, AI is it's, 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 it's an issue. Um, I'll get onto that point, but I think it's all about education. It's up to the company leaders to, to put it out there so that people learn, because there's a lot of things I, you know, I didn't know before. And like you said, at the end of the day, we are running businesses as well. It's, it depends on how the market reacts. So, you know, I could be creating this for black women, but, you know, if it doesn't make a profit, that's my company dead. So, you know, if there's a, a another bigger market that I could um, penetrate, then obviously I would go there as well. So things do evolve and change. So it works like that as well. Um, but I think it's down to, yes, each one of us taking personal responsibility. But like I said, sometimes it's just lack of exposure. Unless if you see something, you, 
you wouldn't think a different way. So firstly, yeah, it's really up to the leaders of the companies to, to make sure that um, they are taking responsibility. It's a huge responsibility, but that's what you take on if you're running a business that could impact people's lives. Um, so the honest really is on the leaders and then they can help build other leaders and you know spread that knowledge. And then hopefully it will reach every <laughs> one of the 7 billion people in the world. It's not an easy task, but I think we can each do our part. You know, we all are inspirations to someone. So, you know, even if people observe us doing something, it doesn't mean you actually have to be out there. You know, I choose to be out there because I feel that gives more impact. Um, but not everyone's like that or at that space. But even if it's your family, even if it's your group of friends, you know, you can tell them any healthy choices. Um, you know, how you can give compassion to yourself um, how they can be kind to themselves. Um, that's just human nature. So it's almost like you become, try and become your own best friend. Um, and even if you don't talk to anyone, you know, journal about it. There's so many different things you can do just to be in that space of gratitude and uh, know that it's okay not to be okay. But so long as you do something about it, just don't stay stuck in that dark space. Well, Sata, it's been fantastic to talk to you. Thank you so much for your time today. It's a pleasure being here. Thank you for inviting me. It's been great. Thank you, Jude. Once again, I found myself drawn into the bigger purpose and mission behind what Mansata is doing. Her business uses technology to reach the black communities that might not otherwise engage in mental health. But ultimately, her business and her vision is about quality healthcare for underrepresented adults, particularly in the black communities. And her idea that we can be good humans, as she puts it, by developing self-compassion first, is both compelling, needed and grounded in academic rigour. The more I interview people on the intersection between technology and humanity, the more I realise that it's down to us as human beings to consider how we use the tech to solve the problems in the world. I think that's really exciting. What's the problem that you're solving with or without technology? And how do you make your work more purposeful and meaningful? That's it for this week. You've been listening to Innovating Humanity, the official podcast for Birmingham Tech Week. I'm Jude Jennison, host of the podcast and founder of Leaders by Nature, a leadership and team development company. I hope you've been as inspired by this week's guest as I have. If you'd like to know more about how I help leaders and teams be more human in a world of technology, you may be surprised to discover I do it by working in a field with a herd of horses. Sound crazy? All innovation's crazy in the beginning. So if you like to think outside of the box and get rapid results, you can find out more at www.judejennison.com. And if you'd like to find out more about the exciting technology scene in Birmingham, hop onto the Birmingham Tech website at www.birminghamtechweek.com. Until next time, that's it from me, Jude Jennison, the official podcast partner for Birmingham Tech. <laughs>